from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Paul Brazo is the Senior Associate Commissioner for Basketball in the ACC, and he's joining us now here in Greensboro. Paul, how are you? Good morning, Joe. It is morning, and it here is. we are back in Greensboro and inside the Coliseum, ready to go. Another when, great day. When you run a tournament, do you even remember what day it is and what time <laughs> it is? I had to look up when I was uh, – <laughs> Sending my tickets to my family today. I had to look up what day it was for, for which session and all. So now I know why you and Joe get along so well because Joe has a has a clock that tells him what day it is. I'm not making this up. There's a clock that yeah, tells we, him what day had, it is. We had one of our great fans send it to us, Steve. All right, let's start with this though because Jim Beheim retires yesterday. Back in your former life, you're running the flex with uh, my man Gary Williams at Boston College. You guys had some great battles with Syracuse. Give me a give me a 1980s Jim Beheim, Woody Allen. You know, all he did was roll the ball out. Give me a story. No. Give me a Gary. I can't use that language on FCC, but t- tell me, there's a great Gary Beheim story that you have for me. There's too many of them because okay. the Jim Jim and Gary and 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 Dave Gavitt and the folks at the old Big East uh, used to always get together in the summer and take a golf trip yes. over over yes. to somewhere in, in the British Isles and uh, just, just great stuff. And, you know, Jim Beheim would treat those golf trips like, like a game, like, right. like, like a final four. And, right. and he, you know, he's not going over there just to hit the golf ball. He's going over there to win. So Garrett, we, when they would come back, it would just, you know, be a plethora of stories. I and, remember and Jim, being, Jim all being part of them. Yeah. So. I remember being in Denver in 04. Roy was there. Gary was there and Beheim was there. And that was when I first realized, oh, Jim Beheim is not this the, – the personality that he has in the media is, you know, he, he's thought of as a jerk, quite frankly. Uh, but obviously you know him a little bit more on a personal level. I mean, that that's, that's just his media gruff personality, right? That's not who he really is. No, I think he's a pretty engaging guy. Mm-hmm. He's a very bright guy. Like Jim, Jim is, uh, you know, a really, really well-read guy. He – we would go in the locker room before a game and in, in the raw men now stop in visit, you know, for a few minutes yeah. sometimes before a game. And he's always in there. He's reading a book. Yeah. Um, Mike Young told me the same thing. Jerry Mack sent him, said, uh, he asked Jerry during when, when Virginia Tech played this year, where's coach? I wanted to say, I guess we'll go. He's in the locker room. The coaches are going in. He's just reading a book, <laughs> so, but that's, but that's coach B and, and uh, you know, Hey, pats off to him. What a, what an amazing run. I, we'll never see, 47, 47 years at a place that 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 yeah, yeah that's not that's not going to happen paul brazo here on the og alongside joe Gilio. i'm joe Ovius. he's the associate commissioner of basketball all right uh, now we get to the now we get to the referees right yeah i guess we, we waited talk, long enough we, I, I asked you like one easy question and now yeah yeah, yeah the softball pitch came in yeah. we hit that out so oh okay you need, you need to get cursy on the text <laughs> line you gotta get a lifeline here so so there, there has been. I feel like, and and maybe maybe it's just because of social media. Maybe it's because of what we do. But I do feel like there have been more instances where we've talked about officiating, where officiating has been the story. Do you feel like that's been the case this season in ACC basketball? I don't think it really. Uh, officiating this year is the worst it's ever been mm-hmm. until next year. And then that year, be and the then, worst then, then it's the worst. Okay. So yeah. I, I don't think it's really Joe, to be honest, and I'm not uh, making jokes here that it, I don't think it's any worse, better. You know, it's, it's, it's a hard game to officiate. Of course. Um, the NFL, the NBA, you know, I was fortunate to work there the, in the NFL. They spend 
oodles and boodles amounts of money mm-hmm. on officiating. And five weeks later, we're still talking about the pass interference, maybe <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Right, right. So, right. you know, officiating in all sports, it's it's toxic, you know. Yeah. And we've got – we're in a new environment, social media and Twitter. We, I've, I've got observers. i got 10,000 observers at every game. Mm-hmm. That's what he that says. Help me Just out. ask him on Twitter. Yeah, well, look, you, look, you, look <laughs> I, I brought this up to Swafford back in the day. You don't need a sky judge for football. You just need to put – nine fans in a room in a greensboro office with all the banks of monitors and twitters and they'll have that thing figured out in five seconds but i do feel like there are some ways that officiating can become more consistent and the one thing that i've been pointing out uh to our audience when they get ramped up about stuff is look at these guys schedules okay is there a way to alleviate the schedules where you have a key acc official who's working his fifth game in five nights in three different time zones is there a way to alleviate that I and mean, you said the nfl spends oodles of monies on officials i mean is it is it as simple as an investment of making sure that look these are acc officials or you have an agreement with another league i don't know if it's the big south or whoever you want it to be but this is your group they stick together and you're not cycling through guys on any given night is that is that possible yes we have uh, our officiating alliance is, is uh, the Big East and ourselves, mm-hmm. the Atlantic 10, and we have Big South Colonial, mm-hmm. um, the MEAC, uh, who am I forgetting? Northeast Conference. Okay. Uh, so, and, and, the, and the MAC, the New York-based MAC. So, and that is the goal, is, is to limit travel, to send, uh, have an official, uh, this type of thing, go up and work at Boston College on, on Monday, you're at Providence College on Tuesday, still, mm-hmm. still within the alliance. Maybe you're at Rhode Island on Wednesday or UMass on Wednesday or UConn on Wednesday. So we've got – that's what we're trying to do overall in in our travel and, and our assignments. Where, But we also have some other parameters. You only can have a team mm-hmm. so many times during the year. Okay. Unless there's a you know, weather issue and we've got them scramble at the end and that kind of thing. So there are – it doesn't work perfectly over, over four and a half months. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're really trying to – and then – uh, Joe's brought it up to me and others yet, you know, you've noticed on some of our Monday games when we have a single game, we, we, we work with our other conferences, the Southeast conference and, and the big 12 and so on. So that the same, we don't always have what you would think of as an ACC official. A crew, right. Yeah. Working on some games when we can have our guys go to their conference for a night, they come to us. Yeah. Okay. It just spreads it out. So so that Joe Giglio is not mad at, at Brian Kersey <laughs> seven, <laughs> eight, times, eight times a year. So, so here, here were, and my only follow-up follow to that, and, and Mike, mm-hmm. I don't know how it works. That's why I'm asking these questions. In, in the NFL, you've got crews that stick together. Those crews that stick together know each other. They know how they're going to call a game. Uh, and it's gotten so analytics-based that there's departments in NFL buildings that they understand, well, this is what these crews do, X, Y, Z. But on any given night in the ACC, it's a hodgepodge of guys. It could be a Ted Valentine night. It could be a Jamie. I mean, any number of, any number of things. What's stopping the ACC from having three guys work together throughout the entire season so that there's no inconsistency, so to speak? Because I feel like that's probably the biggest complaint that people have. I mean, I went to three games in one day, and the games were completely different in terms of the consistency of them all. And then 
a different crew gets together and it's called differently the next night. So how do you alleviate that? Is that possible? Yeah. I don't know. It's practical. It's possible. Okay. Well, gotcha. It's practical because I think then, then you'll get into like the Valentine crew always calls it this way. The, the, the Groover crew always calls it this way to gotcha. and, and it gets, so I, I, I think we battle the same kind of issue of perceptions. Like, right, okay. You know, got it's it. It's like, Oh, you know, this crew is going to let us play that, you know, that crew called it tighter. That crew gives out technicals mm -hmm. and you get, you get in the same, I, I, you have to start with, with, with the premise and the half joke, but officiating is really bad. Now we want it to be that we want the least bad, you know, because <laughs> yes. yeah, nobody likes officials. So of course not. Of course but not. That, of course not. But that's a question for you because you guys grade these guys. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask you for the grades, but the percentage of time, well, you guys are like offensive linemen. You, the officials are like offensive linemen. When they do something wrong, we talk about it. We never talk about it when they do something right. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, we did something earlier this year with high school officials. We went out on the floor and we, we tried <laughs> to learn for ourselves just how difficult it is. That's with no fans. That's with nobody yelling at us. We just did a practice and it was difficult. Mm -hmm. okay? But they're also human beings. But I'm curious though. I, I've tried to say this after the Duke Virginia Tech game, after the Duke mm -hmm. Virginia game, like. You got to understand these guys get a lot of the calls right uh, in general. What would you say is the percentage of calls that they get right? Is it in the nineties? It, it's in the nineties. It is because okay. that's what I said. Because the only the, the calls we talk about is that select group mm -hmm. of really hard judgment calls, like a really hard call. Because the, the, we don't, you know, most out of bounds, uh, uh, you know, yeah, ninety. We got so, that. So you got a whole yeah, you, bunch yeah, of calls yeah, yeah. that are that that really call themselves in a sense. I don't, you know. So it's how, and this is the, the real grade of the, in the test on it, how does he or she grade out on the hard calls? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the once, you know, the, the Duke, Virginia thing that we've talked about. That's a, Brian uh, Kersey, you know, we've talked about, in 35 years of fishing, he's never had that. He never had that play as okay. an official. Yeah, it's like, that's a unicorn situation. Right. Yeah. And, and when, you know, it, it's not adjudicated correctly, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's very... It's, it disappoints everybody, including the, the crew, the, the office, the staff. You know, no, no one wants to get those things uh, incorrect. But as long as we're going to use humans in this deal, yeah. then, then we're going to have some. So the other option is, like, let's play without officials. And yeah. let's, no, you don't let's see that. if we like Well, here's, here's, my, here's my question. Mm -hmm. can, can we play without the monitors? Can, can we? Because I feel like that's another frustration I think fans, and, and even I have, is that games are taking longer because they're going to the monitor to check things that why didn't you just make that call on the floor? And I feel like there's almost a, again, my own perception is that there's a lack of conviction because they know they've got the safety net of the monitor. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take it the other side, Joe, it's not the safety net of the monitor. It's the protection in that, in that when they're incorrect and didn't use the monitor. Mm -hmm. Now it's another big, big deal. So, okay. So we've, we have, we, the, athletic administrations, okay. NFL, NBA, Major League, all of us mm -hmm. are at fault here because we said, well, we, we, perfection is now the expectation. It used to be the goal. Yeah. Everybody, you know, every baseball. I hate umpire, it. Right. I hate it. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm there. We're, we're, it's, it's gone way past trying to fix the egregious error and that's mm. all it was started in the egregious error yeah you know you remember the, the uh, i can't even think of the, who the umpire in the bit but the guy had the perfect game yeah. in detroit, detroit. And, you know and, and it just yes so if you could have fixed that egregious error that's a historical moment that that, that pitcher didn't get the 
experience, but and it should have happened. Mm -hmm. So an egregious error, but now we're now it's just gets drilled. Now we got Tyrese Proctor flopping. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was garbage. Uh, (laughs) We have time to talk about the net. Do we have time? Yeah. No, we got time. Okay. There we got time. Oh, well, last officiating part in in that situation when they go to the monitor, are they communicating with Greensboro? No. 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 That's all on site. That's on site. Okay. Maybe that's something to to consider. Uh, We've talked. Or are there too many games? No. there's too many, get you, but you know, now we talk about well, Roger Ayers crew here, sure. Ted, so I gotta have the same okay. guy sort of in, in Greens, but that's that's not. We've uh talked with uh both the NBA, um, the SEC experiment with a little bit. It, my guy, Mike, it's slight, it, it slightly can improve okay. the speed of it. But I didn't know, I didn't know if it was all on site, so yeah. that, that answers that question. All right, let's talk a little bit about the net because we've had a wonderful basketball season. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't been paying attention on social media, but Mike Bray, <laughs> Steve Forbes, Josh Pastner, Kevin Keats, and every time we talk to these guys, we will have a little chit chat with them. And they get even my my Carolina friends even this year because they're on the bubble. They get confused about the net. They get angry about the net, and they want some clarity on the net and how it works. What are some things that you've tried to do to educate them? the coaches, the administrators, on how the net works and how to put yourself in a better position as a league to put more teams in the NCAA tournament. The net, the secrets of the net, are locked in this vault somewhere in, in Google. Indianapolis. No, 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 it's, it's, in the cloud. it's in the cloud. It's in the cloud. It's encrypted. You can't see it. So um, the net is a hard tool to understand how it all works because – you win some days and you drop in the net. You sure. lose some days and you go up in the net. And it's so interdependent on so many things. I just I don't think that the public or the coaches have great faith in it at this point in time. It's just one of those things that, that, that no one seems to, doesn't seem to make practical sense. Mm-hmm. If you beat somebody, we've had we had a situation. I think you know. Duke might have beat Louisville or some part, or some. There were two right. teams involved. Georgia Tech, I think it was. And and and, and the team that was ranked higher dropped eight sp- eight yeah. spots, and the, the team that lost moved up eight. I mean, I know there are the two ferns. That doesn't make yeah. sense to the to the average person out there. It yeah. just doesn't. So and, how do you? So yeah, that where's the education part of this? Because I think you have brought some people in to try to talk to these coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're frustrated. Because and we, they're conveying that frustration to us, so I figured I'd bring it up right. with you because you're we a talked to John Shire. Right. We talked to John Shire towards the end of the season. He even said, like, yeah, the one thing that I want to do this offseason is truly deep dive into how this works mm-hmm. so that we have a better understanding. Is it as simple as telling the coaches what the formula is? Well, but it then it becomes it's so simpler. interdependent. <laughs> on, uh, yeah, it's, well, yeah, the formula is win. <laughs> sure. It becomes so interdependent on – the current season you're mm-hmm. trying to you build your schedule our, our schedules our teams do their schedule in you know it's done by may mm-hmm. the conference schedule you know who your opponents are it, but not when you're playing them but it's the schedule is done in may so you i'll give you an example steve forbes and i went two years ago they played oregon state in a tournament okay the year before oregon state had been to the sweet 16. So, you yeah, right. That's sounds like a playing, good team to play. Right? Hey, we're yeah, we're makes, playing that. Makes you know, total sense. So, the following year, Oregon State has an injury or whatever, whatever. Now they become a quote quad four team. Well, you you can't fix that. 
during the season. You can't fix it once the schedule's set and you're ready to play. You're so you're you you're playing a team that had a great net from the year before, good mm-hmm. and team that's traditionally. I'm sure teams in our conference and in the non-conference of the Louisville schedule. Louisville has traditionally been a power. Yeah. Transitioned for a number of reasons. So now their net is not good, and you've, but you've got them on your schedule. Now, Kentucky's playing Louisville every year, right? That's always been a great, great game. Sure. This year, the numbers hurt Kentucky. Yeah. So you can't fix it in the current season, and and that's part of a, a flaw that, that I think uh, you, you get penalized. Oh, they, they played Louisville. You what, know, are you whoever, gonna, what are you going to do? What are you, you, know, right. you know who was great at that, honestly, at projecting who was going to be good? was Mark Godfrey. He looked at teams where he thought would finish first or second in their conference. St. Bonaventure is always the example I use. They played them and picked them up. Uh, one, one more thing on that. It, it, is it like the RPI where the home, where you see a lot of teams rewarded for playing away from home, whether it's neutral site or even on the road, that, that there is a reward in just getting out of your building yeah, and playing there, more games out of your There's some building. reward to that. Okay. okay. And some, and some of that doesn't make practical sense. Uh, like, Let's take state as mm-hmm. our example. It's in the best interest of the state of North Carolina college basketball for them to play maybe Wilmington or whoever. Sure. You know, because sure. those are good things. They're in December. You got, we still have classes and we go to go home that night. So you want to go play in Wyoming or Colorado or play, you know, down the road. Yeah. It makes total and, sense. But, but you can't get, you shouldn't get penalized for that. Agree. No, totally agree. And, uh, you know, we see this with football too. It's, it's better for us. It's better for the state when Carolina plays ECU or goes to App, where NC State goes to ECU. They'll be going to App in a couple of years. They no, might not like no, it. They won't. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, not yeah. happening. Yeah, I was gonna say it's on the schedule. That doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna happen. Paul Brazo, senior associate commissioner of basketball for the ACC. Uh, before we let you go, we appreciate the time. All fascinating stuff, which I think the listeners need to hear and yep. understand and have a better idea of how this stuff all works that the ACC is aware of these conversations too. Um, are you aware that Jillio and I want to completely reimagine the ACC tournament? Oh, that's a summer project, I think. Why don't we do that? Why don't we get together this summer when yeah. you guys are out yeah. doing well, nothing I, like well, usual? And... Well, will you let us come pitch? Seriously, we, we, we want to pitch. Because Joe, Joe already says, like, you guys finally took my scheduling model in football. Yeah. I got ideas. I got ideas, man. Completely reimagine the tournament. Why not? All right, let's I do mean, it. It's always everything uh, can be improved upon. I'll uh, I'll come I, in I'll like Don Draper. As a yes. That's a yes. yes. I'll come I'll in like t- Don Draper. We're gonna the have machine, the machine. The worrying. <laughs> have the carousel ready to go. Dakota Chrome. We're ready ready to go. Paul, we appreciate the time as always. You know the best thing about that? You're both Joe, so I just say, hey Joe. Yeah. And I, I don't even have to think while I'm talking to you. So. That's perfect. Enjoy Paul, being with you guys, man. Appreciate Surprise it. Appreciate your time as always.